With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. And you are on. All right. Hi. Am I supposed to be hearing a hot jam right now? Hot jam? Yeah, I'm hearing a hot jam right now. Well, I don't know what oh, no, that okay, is. Oh, no, it went away. It went away. Good. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we've done it. Yeah, yeah. I If you do want a client, the, a way to call in, I can get you set up for that. It makes the It makes the sound a lot clearer. But so does uh, Skype, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can definitely figure that out. I just, I just, yeah, I've never, I don't even, you know, it's the first time I've ever done this this thing. Yeah, can you hear me okay? Even, yeah. The sound quality is so much better on Skype or if right. you have a computer connection. But if you have nothing else, this is I figured this was the quickest way of getting you up. If you do yeah. want, I'll get you set up to do something else, but... Uh, the sound fidelity is so much uh, better with you using a computer. Okay. I just figured this one was quicker. Well, I, I am on Skype. Um, I'm logged in and everything. Um, but, yeah, you know, if you can hear me okay, I can hear you excellent. So. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, cool. Uh, I mean, how's your day going? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I just woke up like about well, two hours ago. Right on. Yeah, it sounds like you stay up pretty late, as do I, <laughs> usually. Hmm. We're both, like, on there at 2 or whatever, yeah. That's pretty cool. So, um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, so uh, what what all do you, uh, you're, you're like uh, a life coach? Or... Huh. Well, not not in any way formally. Uh, nobody yeah. pays me. <laughs> but... Um... No, I, I'm just a guy who likes talking. I just like to talk. That's why I set up the, the meetup groups. I just enjoy meeting people, and I enjoy talking about stuff. Very cool. Yeah, that's 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 legit. <laughs> I, got, um, I got a buddy out here you might know. Do you know a guy named Kilo? No. Okay, because he's, like, involved with, like, so many, like, meetup groups and, uh, you know, self-help kind of stuff and, like, you know, G G T D and um you know all that. Okay. Uh anyways. Uh so uh do you do you have like uh could you describe like your, your practice? Um Oh, you mean for the integral? Um, or just, you know, uh, spiritual practice. I mean, I'm seeing, oh. uh, you sent out a lot of things about kind of these, like, uh, like diamond hour and, like, um, 10 minutes to, to like, you know, activating your goals and stuff. And this stuff is uh, really interesting to me. Um, 
I haven't had really time to read a lot of the mo- the books that have come out recently in this kind of field. So I'm very intrigued by, you know, what's going on now because it looks like what's going on now is very, like, um, exciting and it's, like, bigger, like, a lot. There's a lot more people involved with it. It's not just something that, like, weirdos are into. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've been following, you know, self-improvement, personal development, personal growth stuff all my life. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot out there. There's some great, great people out there. If you're interested in that. Yeah. There's some really cool, cool material out there. Yeah. The Steve Barnes stuff. I'm glad you're reading that. <laughs> I oh that yeah. 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 It's, it's yeah. There's, there's great material out there. If you're interested in, in moving in the, those directions. Yeah. There's great people out there. Well, um, you know, I feel like it's it's really inspiring if you kind of do have a practice of like, you know, spending a little time reading, um, you know, books that basically teach you how to manage your habits and your schedule and all that. But I also feel like I kind of know all this stuff, and the real the real trick is just, you know, on the initiation, Motivate. and just you know, actually making it happen and defeating your demons and your, you know, all the resistance, yeah. both externally and internally. Yep. And that's really bad. You know, I, um, it feels like um, around this age, I'm like 35, a lot of the kind of zeal and enthusiasm and dreams and stuff are kind of like, you know, they're, they're, you start to see the world a lot more realistically and you're like, well, for me anyways, I'm like going, well, you know, what can I do? What can I actually do and accomplish and like feel good about? Um, because, like, I, I I don't know, I spend a lot of time trying to be, like, good in every sense of the word, you know, and just to be, like, traditionally excellent and, you know, getting burned out and setting my setting my goals way too high. Um, I was, you know, meditating an hour a day and, like, hiking up the mountain every day. And I don't know, I, that was really cool and, it, and um, it, it, it was really helpful. But eventually I did kind of crash off of that and now I'm just, like, regaining some of that ground. So I do like 15 minutes of Zen a day. Um, I can't imagine doing an hour with the kind of schedule I have now. Um, but it was extremely beneficial when I was able to do that. So I'm hoping to ju- jump up the Zen practice to like 30s. <laughs> I think that might be more tenable. Hmm. I was doing um, Holosync. You know Holosync? I'm familiar with, yes. Yeah, yeah, I found it, um, it it seems to really do the trick. Um, There's definitely something to be said for just silent meditation. Um, I feel like it's more challenging, but um, Holosync kind of does some of the work for you. It kind of throws you in the groove. Um, But now that I'm on 15s, it doesn't make as much sense to do, so I'm just doing the silent ones. Um, are you into dream work? Um, I've, <laughs> I've never gotten very deep into dream work. Yeah. Um, I'm super, super into it. There was a, a period where I, I had like full recall and, um, you know, I'd have all these experiences that I didn't believe in until they were actually like happening, <laughs> you know, like, um, communication with people that may or may not be verifiable and um, 
you know, astral projection and all that stuff. Uh, and so, but the last couple of years, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing, uh, I got nicotine and, and caffeine in my diet and, uh, it really, I can't really do that with those. So I'm trying to cut all that stuff out to get back into the dream work and just, you know, doing my dream journal every day. It's pretty, um, they just get bigger and bigger. It's really, it's really interesting. You know, you talk about like, um, managing your time and it's like if you are conscious in your dreams this gives you like an extra you know two or three hours a day that you're that you get to experience and remember so i put a i put a big priority on that yeah yeah that's great great stuff in there yeah yeah so uh what what sorts of what sorts of things um would you be interested in talking about <laughs> Okay, well, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're um, you're doing a lot of great stuff. So if you do, if you are following the the Steve Barnes material, I think there's yeah some great great techniques in there. I mean, that's the greatest material I've ever come across. Really? Okay, cool. Um, I had not had any exposure to Steve Barnes other than um, what you were sending out. So uh, I'll I'll uh, make a note. Maybe pick up. Uh, is there a uh, book or, or is it like online? Or? <laughs> uh he ha he does sell a few things but uh, i think the main thing yeah if you have go through the archives of and be sure you're reading every day of those posts that i send and there, there's enough in there that alone that would uh, get you going <laughs> totally yeah i mean that's how i feel about it yeah totally that's cool so i'm getting my fix with steve barnes out of out of the the, the mailings <laughs> Oh sure. There, I mean, we're talking about uh, a way of motivating yourself and getting time management and getting everything going with all of that. Yeah. 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 yeah I do. I do. I got it. Hold on a sec. Hold on one second. and technology, 35% of important workplace skills will evolve by 2020. Prepare with tech-infused degrees in business, tech, and health from DeVry University. Okay, I'm back. Hello. Yeah. Yo yo. Um. Cool. So. Um, yeah. What do What do you uh What do you do for for uh, like a living? 
Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I uh, I, te- I teach English online. Cool. It is. It's uh, it can be fun. It doesn't pay well, but it's uh, it can be fun sometimes. <laughs> well, I'm I'm a music teacher, so I I mean I know about teaching, and um, some of my students are like nonverbal, so it's, it can be a little bit like teaching English. Um, oh. And it's it's super interesting because like um, generally the students that retain are the younger ones. You know, the older ones come in to get something, and when they get it, they leave. You know, but kids like are put into a structure by their parents and they're just like whatever about it and uh you know it's it's really amazing to spend like two months with like a six-year-old and you know they don't even they can't read the clock like they don't know what time it is because they don't know how to read a clock yet but they're sitting there like reading sheet music on a drum set (laughs) so um it's the first thing i've ever done that i found like super fulfilling you know, again, the money's you know terrible um, as far as like skilled jobs go, um, but I wouldn't give it up. I'm hoping to uh, move from teaching for a school to kind of having my own business and doing things my own way. Um, but definitely the prospect of you know making all the phone calls and dealing with all the contingencies and all the kind of office stuff is a little intimidating for me. I'm not a very extroverted person. <laughs> I got a gear I can shift into that'll get me extroverted for a while, but it, it's like kicking on the nitro, and then then I have to like breathe it out for an hour afterwards. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, I would never want to become an actual teacher. Yeah, an actual school teacher. So do you um, do you do it like in in chat, like in text? Uh, my job. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's all online. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, it sounds like a, a really great way to kind of get some get some money, and um, seems like a good service to do. I mean, uh, do you teach people who speak a particular language? <laughs> or just anyway. I mean, like Chinese uh, or like uh, Spanish or. Well, it's mo- they're mostly uh, um, Chinese, Taiwanese students. Yeah, apparently there's a real demand for English teachers in Asia. No. Yeah, yeah. You ever yeah. been you ever been out that way? <laughs> no, 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 I haven't. Yeah, I I remember everybody was saying like, hey, if you ever get bored of you know America, just move to Thailand and you can be a teacher and you'll like you know there, there's never any shortage of demand for that and you don't really have to know anything about how to speak English and you know not be a creeper or whatever <laughs> and be able to conform to local customs and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. That's legit. So um are do you do the arts? <laughs> um well I'm I have an appreciation. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's kind of my um that's sort of what I'm all about. I'm like sort of mediocre but I do so many different things that it's like it's a source of pride you know because I can I I like produce my own stuff and I can play all the instruments and teach them and um, I did get a book published that was the one that I originally contacted you about Um, I've made two films you know they're garbage like any kind of independent film is but it was really fun and uh, 
great learning experience. Wow, cool. Yeah, yeah I've I like many musicians yeah. and filmmakers. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, I think that I kind of get burned out on one thing and I just want to, you know, like um, as a songwriter, I was really into storytelling and I always wanted to tell a story and I was kind of frustrated with the medium. So then I was like, I read the whole Dark Tower series and I was just like, oh, anyone can do this. So I wrote a book and uh, uh, the book is actually, it's sort of like a tongue-in-cheek fictionalization of um, Ken Wilber's Altitudes. So it, it's like this facility where it's vertically stacked and phallic for sure. And like um, people enter at the bottom level and their entire memory and identity is erased. And they have to go up through all the different levels in each of the zones, you know, uh, purple zone, red zone, blue zone, et cetera. They, um, I didn't want to, you know, rip off or copy too much, so I kind of took my own liberties at, at making sort of parodies of, you know, the way people think and act and behave in each zone. Um, and uh, there's, like, a lot of humor that comes from that. Uh, so the, the first book, the one that I've, that's done and, and out there is, is just covers the red zone and blue zone and um, just kind of asks a lot of questions about, like, what we are and what we should do in a setting that's very, like, neutral, you know, and it's not tied to today's society, and it's not meant to be a commentary on that. It's just sort of a commentary on the human condition in general. Um, so I'm, I'm working on the second one, too. I don't know if that will ever get completed or, or published or anything. Um, I'd like to combine the first one with the second one because I think that it's not really clear what I'm doing until you get about halfway through the second one, which is, um, according to my understanding, is terrible writing if that is the case. But you know, it's my first, <laughs> it's my first run, so <laughs> I'm I'm pretty proud of proud of um, having actually done it. it. It took like six years, and I worked in a, a care facility for people with brain injuries overnight, and so. I would sit there basically in a couch with like a radio listening to people breathing <laughs> and like just uh, hacking away at my book on a computer. I did that for like two years and that's kind of where I did the bulk of the work on it. Um, and just working with people with brain injuries was a real um, inspiration. Like a lot of the scenes from the book are basically taken from me working with a man who um, – he literally, he was like the movie Memento. He couldn't remember anything prior to his 18th birthday when the accident happened. And he was like 54 years old. So every single time you, had, you saw him, you had to introduce yourself and like explain the situation that he's in and stuff. And um, boy, it was real. It was real like, it was real wild. <laughs> it was a real like experience. Um, but that was that was one of the more extreme ones. Generally, they're just kind of like people who forget things and you know need help with stuff. <laughs> wow! Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great job, really, especially if you have like a lot of hobbies. Um, you get into like uh, psych wards and uh, care facilities, and you know if you get an overnight, if you can stand overnights, um, you're basically you just have free time. You're just hanging out in a house and you do like 10 minutes of work for every hour. Um, I was really lucky that I found that. I just kind of had a friend whose mom 
uh, ran one of those places, and then I kind of went with that for several years. Um, and you know, it's it's a it's a very rewarding job because you're you're helping people who are basically you know helpless, um, and you're uh, an important part of their life. You know, you you become their friend. You you know, you learn a lot about one another. So, yeah, I wouldn't give that up. They eventually uh, laid me off because the place had to close down. So that was when I started getting into teaching. Mm. Yeah. Well, great. Yeah. yeah. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I did. I did. I did. Uh, well, at a, uh, I was overnight a shift at a gym. Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. So, is it kind of the same thing? You just kind of clean all the equipment and then just like hanging out. <laughs> nothing goes wrong. I don't clean the equipment. No, I just stay oh, at the cool. front desk. Cool. That's a score. I, I could never write because of the music, which would be too, too distracting to me, but uh, I could read fine. So I just sat and read, yeah. Oh, do you do some Do you do some writing, like, um... Fired by a great oh, no. I got them coming in and help you more what you learn along the way. I yeah, is that the interference you were talking about? Oh, there we go. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something's doing ads, so it's done now. <laughs> I don't know if that's the the uh, client I'm using or something else I've got on in the background. I always have like three thousand tabs open. I got. Um. Uh, back a long time ago. I mean, I took creative writing classes in uh, in in high school, and I used to think about the possibility of being a writer, but, you know, there's almost really no realistic way of making any kind of a living on it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, even if you just kind of pander to people, it's still it's still very touch and go, and, yeah, I think you pretty much have to support yourself if you want to be a writer, unless you're just extremely skillful or lucky and, you know, right place, right time and everything. Well, it's tough to make a living in any of the arts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, that's one of the things about, you know, being, I wouldn't say I'm involved in the film community at all. I'm I'm involved in the YouTube community a little bit, and the writing community out here, I've been in a bunch of writing groups, and actually, uh, we kind of started a splinter writing group from the one that um, Chuck Polinick used to run, and he's, he's like a hero of mine, he's, he's legit, um, and then, you know, the music scene, all these little scenes, it's like it's its own game. And I was never interested in playing that game, you know, and being like a politician or, you know, a rock star or any of that stuff. It's just I just like doing the the, the work and, the um, you know, the idea part and the implementation. But I don't really like performance and I don't really like um, promoting or marketing or any of that. I think I'm getting more into marketing. but. But yeah, like it's like you have to be your own manager and you have to be your own secretary. And it's like if you made money on it, you could hire people to do this stuff. But you know, it's just not. There's not a whole lot of money in it. So that was kind of like a really difficult period. Was like figuring that out and realizing that like the MTV thing is like a total pipe dream. 
you know, uh, which is what I was raised on, of course. Not that I, I ever wanted to be like, you know, Metallica or something, but um, I just think like, we have a I think we have a very uh, dysfunctional idea about uh, careers. We tell we tell children you can be anything you want to be yeah. if you just believe and put in yeah. the work. Well, you know what? No, you can't. Yeah. If you if you want to be a professional basketball player, guess what? You probably will not be a professional basketball player, and it does not matter how much you train. It's not going to happen for you. Those things yeah. happen for <laughs> you know point oh 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 one percent of basketball aspirants, yeah. people who you know, and same for any arts. The the very the people who make it are the very very few the very very best of the best, and we should tell our children that and we should we should be honest you know it doesn't matter how hard you train some things are going to be beyond your reach, and you need to have realistic goals and we don't have that kind of relationship to reality, but yeah, absolutely and I mean it's equally true in a broader sense just about like higher education how. More and more, it's it's not about making you fit to be an adult in the world. It's it's like more of high school with like um, a lot of politics and socializing, and and it's like the actual content of learning is being kind of pushed out more and more. And I don't know. It's like uh, you know, the colleges and universities are turning out people that are really no better off in the world than people who didn't go. I mean, I, it's it's definitely like the obviously the cognitive capacity of people who get through college is going to be higher, so they might do better. But I mean, I have a bachelor's in economics. I've never done anything with that. It hasn't even like helped me in job interviews. In fact, I've I've they wouldn't hire me at Starbucks because they kept saying I was overqualified. But it's probably more my personality, <laughs> you know. And, yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I I, <laughs> I try not to tell my kids, you know, that that they're going to be like, or I mean my students, you know, that they're going to be like, you're going to be big, you know, you're going to be playing big shows. And just be like, you're going to have a lot of fun, you know, make some friends, play play music with them. That's what you get out of music. It's It's a spiritual, aesthetic experience. It's an emotional experience. And you get to be creative and do your own thing, but probably nobody else is going to give a damn about it. Um, and if you're going for people giving a damn, you're probably going to do things that you really don't want to do, like um, in a lot of cases just exploiting your own sexuality or exploiting, you know, what other people want to hear. You know, um, I've seen a lot of my friends kind of go country or whatever, even though they don't like country music, just because it's like, well, you if you play in a country band, you can play anywhere, and they give you all kinds of money. <laughs> I've known many musicians in my life. Yeah. yeah. Wide variety okay. of levels in different parts of the industry. Yeah. Mostly, yeah, I, I don't. I don't envy them. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean. I. I. It's like really. I. I think. This is like this is kind of the the big problem that everybody kind of grows up and realizes that like 
oh, my God, what what am I doing? Like, what am I going to do? You know, I'm on my way somewhere, and I don't have control over that. And I always thought that one day I'd kind of figure that out. And, I mean, you do if you do. You know, if you make the effort and figure it out, you figure it out. But, I don't know, we're, we're so used to having everything kind of handed to us or expected of us in advance that we don't really chart our own path very well. But the uh, the demands placed on us just by the media and our own socialization are so incredibly high. Like, everybody, you know, wants to be, have a perfect personality and a perfect body and a perfect intellect and, you know, they don't want to necessarily do the work that's entailed and some people just aren't genetically fit to, to do a lot of those things. Um, so... I actually had this this friend who was a nurse and, you know, her whole thing was she would go um, skiing and biking and stuff. And it's like um, that was the ambition was I like to do these activities and this makes me happy. And I started to realize that that's my relationship with the arts really is is I used to think it was going to be my career. And it's like I'm a career music teacher, so it kind of is. But, yeah, no, performance is never going to be like, my my big you know breadwinning career and I you know I had to accept that this is my form of skiing I'm not going to be a professional skier I just like to do it I like to put bands together and force people to in, into uh, implement the ideas they come up with good time yeah well I I think uh, we live in a world that devalues the arts very much. The only thing we really do value is money and commerce. So that's yeah. the capitalist system we live in. Yeah, I really, I would love it if there was like more funding. Or, I mean, so here's the thing in Oregon in particularly is like my tax rate is incredibly high for my income level because my work has me on as an independent contractor and that's in Vancouver. So I'm paying Washington taxes, Oregon taxes, I pay um, a self-employment tax, which is very steep, on top of just the regular income tax. Um, And I don't make good money. You know, it's like as a working, you know, artist slash teacher, like the the, the money is not – it's disincentivized, you know. It it would be cool if it was was like you could sign a form. It's like, okay, here, I put in four hours a day at an art. I want a tax break. <laughs> I guess you'd have to you'd have to prove that, but a lot of stuff on taxes you don't really have to prove either. <laughs> I would love to see more support for people in the arts. <laughs> We'd be living in a very different society if if that were the case. Yeah. But I mean, luckily, part of the part of the good side of everybody thinking they're going to be a rock star when they're eight years old is like they all come to me and they want lessons. So, you know, these days everybody plays an instrument kind of, you know, or like it's, I guess when I was younger, I never, until I was like 15, I had never seen a bass guitar. I didn't, when I listened to music, I didn't know what was what. Like I didn't know that's the keyboard, that's the drum set, you know, that's the snare drum. Like I didn't know what I was hearing because I'd never seen it. But I think it's impossible to escape now with like YouTube and that whole show and, and all the TV shows that glorify, like, singing and dancing, it's like, I think that kids, um, 
consider like guitar. I would say guitar in particular. Like guitar is just something that's kind of like part of the experience of like learning. Like everybody wants to learn like piano or guitar or something like that. Which was not the case when I was younger, or at least not in the environment I grew up. Yeah, I've known uh, many musicians at a wide variety of levels in the industry. Mostly I haven't really envied their lives. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I know. Or um, there are a bunch of a bunch of psychos, you know. I, <laughs> uh, I'm probably one of them. You know, you never know you're a psycho. But, um, man, the amount of people I've, you know, found on Craigslist that were ultimately like, I don't know, sociopaths or severe, severe addicts. You know, it's just like I think that people who want to get up on a stage and do something very, very loud are, are you know, people who aren't very well adjusted oftentimes. Um, I, I have a theory, too. I, you know, I've done a lot of research on the lives of, like, um, you know, well-known and famous musicians. And it seems to be that um, being, like, one of those, figureheads in music often comes along with having a very, very difficult personality. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that um, people who are intelligent but very bad at expressing themselves will turn away from communicating with people towards the arts because it feels like a more safe form of communication and emotional expression. And I would say that that's definitely the case with me as well. Like, I often find it hard to be real with people, um, but I can be completely real when I'm writing or when I'm, you know, making up a song because this is my little world, and and you know nobody nobody can change the the things that I create. It's it's like completely within my power, and so there's like this boundary. It's like even if people hate what I'm doing or, or criticize it or, or think I'm lame or whatever, I still have, it, it doesn't actually affect the work itself. It doesn't actually harm the product that I created. I think there's a lot of safety in that. You got to have an outlet. Yeah. So what's your outlet? Hmm. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Here's a man with no outlet. Nah. <laughs> oh, you know. I I like I like a lot of what I do. I mostly uh, mostly most of I just read. You know. You yeah. know. I mean, everybody's got to find the balance that works for them. Uh, for me, I I my my day to day life is very solitary. I I, I really tend to stick to myself. <laughs> I just oh, tend cool. to think that's uh, best for me and the way my energy is work so i do a lot of reading <laughs> yeah yeah me too um i actually got to a worrisome point where i felt like i was isolating too much and kind of pushing friends away and stuff but yeah that's my tendency definitely i i feel free to to think and do whatever i want you know when i'm by myself and whenever there's someone else around i'm so eager to please them that i'm i'm always sacrificing my own momentary kind of well-being for the sake of others, you know, my attention's completely on them. And it's been pointed out to me a lot. I'm trying to, you know, work on that, like a practice of when I'm in a situation that makes me nervous, I try to focus 
a lot more on the other person rather than, you know, focus on not trying to be an ass or look like an ass or whatever. Because <laughs> it's just the more you're focused on that, the more you're going to fulfill the prophecy. <laughs> uh, well, if in my more cynical moments, I can I can start being very negative about the whole idea of social interaction. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, for, no, most, for real. For the most part, it, it's just a lot of it's just a giant pain for me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, no, I, that's just, legit, man. It doesn't do anything for me. It really. I mean, it would if if people weren't jerks. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just, it's just people are people are people are awful. People are yeah. awful. People are awful. So I there came a point where I just said, you know, I this is just not doing anything for me. So. Yeah, well, I should real. say, you know, I mean, I'm the more and more I learn about other things in, in happening in the world, and the more I just start thinking it's really just Americans. It's just Americans I don't like. Dude, yeah, like, um, that was the one thing that really struck me. Like, I went on a backpacking trip all over Europe, and it's like I was like, these these sixteen year old kids are so much more mature than the adults I know in America. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I pay a lot of attention to Europe and overseas, and I, I'm very impressed by what I'm, what I'm picking up, that, yeah. that Americans are just not. And wow. And I'm looking into, like, I, I've been doing this for a while now. I've actually been looking into what would it be if you actually, you know, packed up and, and moved. And certainly it'd be a heck of a lot cheaper, that's for sure. Yeah, um, you know, there's. Yeah. I almost went to Germany a year ago because I had a friend out there. Um, there's a lot of kind of green card issues for me. Um, yeah. Germany happened to have this program, apparently, where they're trying to encourage the arts so that I could have gotten, you know, temporary citizenship or a green card or whatever that is simply because I'm a performing musician, which is just wild to me, like actually incentivizing the arts. Um, yeah, I've heard of that. And, you know, uh, the, you know, I, you know. Oh, okay. This might skew your opinion of me, but you're familiar with the American Idol show. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can count myself as a fan. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it's, it's a great show. But the point is, uh, actually, I was a fan to the point where I was paying attention to the international Idol shows, and oh. one of the uh, one of the contestants. One of my favorite contestants from New Zealand Island, Idol, New Zealand Idol. New Zealand. Uh, it took took that took that German uh, program that you're talking about. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's legit. Um, uh, I I I fell in love immediately with uh, Southern France and of course Paris and Southern Spain's beautiful. I hated Italy. I didn't like the people at all or the atmosphere. <laughs> Italy sucked. Um, I'm very curious about Sweden because Sweden's just got that magic economy. And, I mean, <laughs> Sweden's just such an anomaly in the world picture. Oh, Scandinavia is doing very well these days. Yeah. My, my professor said um, that it's like, they're just kind of a homogenous people. You know, they're all, like, kind of racially, ideologically similar, and, and so that makes it so much easier to make public decisions. And, you know, you look at America, we're like the melting pot 
quote unquote, and it's a disaster because it's like half of this country is radical one way or the other. And I mean, the idea of being radical is pretty much representing an imbalance of the of the framework you're working with. Um, it's like we see everything. It's like everything is so dualistic in our, in our culture that it's like we've got these two parties, and you're supposed to pick one and really, really get behind it. It's like no way. Um, you know, I'm very uh, conservative when it comes to economics and like crime and stuff like that, but very, very liberal when it comes to you know women's issues and. I mean, these terms don't really mean anything at a certain point because it's like both of the, you know, supposed sides are kind of stupid and, you know, hungry for solutions that I don't feel like are effective in the slightest. Um, I mean, it seems like both sides really want to kind of pick apart the Constitution which is not a terrible idea, but I, I just I don't think that we're really capable of reframing the entire public system via you know shouting monkeys, <laughs> uh, as as seen in in videos of like college protests and or you know conservative rallies. They're both just maniacs, you know. I see the exact same kind of energy, just mob mentality and slogan slogan practice. And I mean, I I, I doubt that you know uh, almost nobody agrees with you know a lot of my ideas. But yeah, I just like I hated the whole Occupy movement. Ooh, there's another uh, there's another ad coming up. But um, yeah, it's just. Uh, the left seems to be dealing with an incredible degree of like entitlement and disillusionment, and the right is kind of just like the whiny little brother who you know knows that they're going to be left in the dust if they don't make a, a big stand, but they just have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> that's all my shit. I mean, that's all my my opinion of all this shit. You know. <laughs> Well, hey, if you want to, if you want to talk politics, I mean, for goodness' sake, that's actually one yeah, of I'm down. big interests. I'm into politics. I I don't take myself too seriously because I I know that I'm not educated in you know I'm not very educated in history or politics. Um, I'm pretty well educated in economics, and that has led me to some very unpopular and cynical <laughs> ideas about human nature and uh, the political situation. But, um, you know, I, I, I just think morality should be the job of um, the governing body through the people in a system like this, which I, I don't necessarily like democracy, but I, I don't think I could come up with anything better right now that would be inclusive. And I think that that's kind of a flaw with political thinking is it's like we have this country that is so geographically large and so demographically large and we're trying to do we're trying to create solutions that are going to work for everybody and there's just so much compromise unlike Sweden you know there's so much compromise that you have to make in order to make all these fools ha- seem happy for a couple more minutes 
<laughs> and I mean, it gets to the point where it's like, I mean, you know, our last election was two people that nobody on either side really honestly liked that much. Personally, I'm I'm pretty fond of Hillary, but I understand why she was so unpopular. <laughs> like, I'm I'm down with the Clintons. I I like those guys. <laughs> If this is an interest for you, if you really want to know what's going on, I can I can recommend. Uh, sure, some, yeah, yeah. Some things. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty ignorant on the on the subject, but I would love to you know research more. There's some good there's some good writers and good people out there if you if you're interested in pursuing these matters. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. What's your what's your top three? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're gonna write these names down, uh, oh, I'll yeah. actually give them to you. But anyway, uh, there's a guy named Chalmers Johnson has written some great books. Uh, he really knows what he's talking about. And, um, you know, of course, you know, everybody points to Noam Chomsky. I find a lot of flaws in his analysis, to be honest with you. But, um, but you know, I mean, there's great websites out there. And, um, uh, you know, if you ever want, if you want to, given your time constraints, but if you want a like a five year project <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding because it's it's a it's a thousand page book. But if you if you ever wanted to to try it, it'll really tell you what's going on. Uh oh, yeah, and which which is this? Tragedy and Hope by Carol Quigley. By like Carol Quigley? Quigley. Q U I G L E Y. Carol Yeah, no, um, Research fits my schedule. You know, I set aside time to just explore. Um, I mean, for several months, I, I was doing just in, an insane amount of just independent research on um, evolutionary theory and the, the the origins of the planet and life. And that was just completely my obsession. Like uh, every every free you know minute I had to to do that, I would just you know figure out. Um, you know, what the world was like in various eras and um, kind of coming toward a comprehensive understanding of how life um, or how planets generate consciousness. And this has led me to um, conclude that the situation we're facing seems impossible to me. Um, there should be There should be other life out there. According to my analysis, they're, they're really we shouldn't be alone in this universe. There's no fucking way, um, because, and and I'm not that opinionated about this. I'm just presenting this as my idea. But um, if if you look at the way life arose on this planet, it was no miracle or anything. It's just the way everything works. Just like heat goes toward cold, you know, gravity works, and boom, all of a sudden you have this wet rock that starts making little genetic codes to fly around and those genetic codes turn into the primitive organisms and it's like all that stuff is still here if you nuke the planet there would still be little bits of you know genetic codes floating around that would make little viruses and bacteria and those would just go right up the ladder again and it seems very obvious that we're not the top of the ladder and we're not even close to the top of the ladder um i think we're creating the next stage right now, um, you know, AI revolution, I'm very in support of this. Please enslave the human race and do something more intelligent with it. Um, 
Because I, because you know, the idea of enslaving and the idea of conquering is a very human idea, and I don't think that an integrated network of creature, you know, um, sentient life forms that are more intelligent and and more immortal than us, I don't think they would have any interest in killing us or harming us in any way, any more than I have any interest in strangling a kitten. I want to make a kitten happy, you know. It makes me happy. I like, <laughs> and I mean. I don't know. That's how I see it. I, I think that they're... I almost go with the Star Trek theory where they're deliberately avoiding us and perhaps influencing us in subtle ways and in ways that we cannot possibly comprehend with our puny primate brains. Um, and, and you know, that goes pretty far in the science fiction territory, but I, I, it's really hard for me to imagine that, you know, given what we do know about how life arises and how life turns into intelligence and how we're creating a new intelligence. It just, that's what happens to planets. You know, that's what happens to fertile spaces. And there's a bunch of them out there. There's just a a bunch. Um, And, you know, add to that the fact that most of the universe is invisible to us, Um, you know, including dark matter, dark energy, subjectivity, you know, consciousness, all this stuff is, is stuff that we don't understand how to how to work with. Um, we just kind of take it as a granted or as, as a, a variable in math equations. But, I mean, what it really says is that we are seeing a tiny, tiny little strip um, in a tiny period of time in a tiny location. And for some reason, we're just so compelled to think that that's all that's going on. That's all that we are even though there's so much evidence to the contrary. But I I don't believe that, you know, aliens visit people or anything like that. I just, I don't think it's happening on a level that we can comprehend. So that's me getting, like, super weird with you. (laughs) I I used, (laughs) I don't think there's a possibility you're going to blow my mind, Adam. (laughs) You don't have, don't have to worry about that. I used to read. I used to read science fiction when I was a when I was a kid. Yeah. And comic books. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't get into comic books. Something about sequential art like bugs me out. I I can't necessarily comprehend it. Hmm. I like the the far side. Just one one thing. Once you start adding panels, you know, I tried to make it through the Watchmen because everyone was so big on the Watchmen. I I just can't do it. <laughs> You think you're uh, you into uh, philosophy at all? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have my perspectives and everything. I'm very into philosophy. I, I don't know if I would, if I'm necessarily very like well read or articulate, but you know, I got I got my interests. Um, yeah, I, I'm very philosoph- philosophically oriented. Well, I wasn't I wasn't asking if you think a lot. I think I was more asking, do you read philosophy? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, who have you read? Well, you know all the big names like Nietzsche and um, geez, this is going back quite a ways, um, you know, Kant and just all the stuff they make you read in college. Um, I was really into Ayn Rand for a really long time, and I kind of still am, but I definitely see the limitations and, you know, the problems with her personality and character. Um but um, 
you know, I don't know if she's taken very seriously in that camp. Um, you know, Ken Wilbur was, of course, a really big one for me and kind of steered my ship in a completely new direction. Um, I felt a, I felt like I personally identified with Ken Wilbur's philosophy as opposed to, you know, reading St. Augustine or something where I, I, I kind of get what they're saying, but I feel like I'm so removed from the context and the time period that it, it's almost incomprehensible to me unless I were to really, really spend a lot of time digging into the origins of it. Um, I'm very into uh, religious texts. Um, I, I've tried to make it through, like, the Quran and the Bhagavad Gita and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just kind of, again, there's cultural barriers, and I don't really get what they're saying. Um, I'm super into the, the Torah and the Bible and all that stuff. I think there's great, great... Um, things in there. I, I think that people take it in the wrong direction, but I think there's a lot to be gained from that. What's uh what's um what are you into uh as far as philosophy goes? <laughs> I was a philosophy major. Ah, cool. Yeah. No, that's, everything. Well that's that these day these days that's prime that my primary interest. Uh that's pretty much mm-hmm. all I all I pay attention to anymore. But uh, and if you want recommendations there, I can certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. Well, you know, um, my tendency tends to be towards the continental uh, end of things. But continental, as opposed to the analytical. Um, okay. Okay. I might. Yeah. If I'm going. If I'm going too fast. You know, just let me know because I live and breathe in the in the field. So, <laughs> well, what I do is when when people are over my head, I I just kind of write down what they're saying, and then I'll go and research. You know, what it all yeah. means. Well, at the core of it all is the 19th century existentialists for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I just couldn't, I just can't imagine how anybody, although all of Western civilization did, but I can't imagine how anybody just falls in love with the analytics. Uh, I just that's just, that's impossible to me. That's the opposite of philosophy, as far as I can I can tell. Uh, is that kind of the more dry and like? Oh, you yeah, everybody. Well, and anybody who thinks of philosophy, they think of uh, the analytical side of philosophy. They think of yeah, know, you know, all of those guys, you know, you know, Bertrand Russell and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, that's true. I just, I can't imagine how you could fall in love with that. But it's just so, it is the opposite of philosophy. So my end of things was always continental, was the uh, the 19th century uh, analytic, uh, uh, 19th century existentialists. The, uh, well, Nietzsche for the big one, of course, but also um, Bart. Hegel. Well, no, well I have a very bad opinion of Sartre. Um, cool, what? Uh, just the shallowness of his thought. Uh, you know, yeah, says, oh, Sartre, oh, he's so worth reading. He's not worth reading. He's not worth reading at all. There's nothing there. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's nothing. It's not nothing there. I mean, there's but it's so meager. It's such a small amount of thought. I mean, yeah. if you if you I'm I'm looking for I'm looking for explosions. I'm looking for a real Do you think genuine Sartre's profound. Just like a good writer, like his his his. Like he just kind of compels people without really having a lot of content. 
<laughs> um, it's true. I mean, he does. He, 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 you can, you can see why he is appealing, but yeah, you know, yeah. why, why so many people, you know, are devotees of him. But there's, 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 there's just, it's not, it's not as rich a meal as you're going to yeah. get from or Hegel. Yeah, from what little I know of Hegel, I, I I feel like that there's a great deal to be taken away from from his work. Um, oh, Hegel, man, that, that could be a lifetime. But uh, but th- yeah, as I say, I, this is all I do. I'll, this is all I read about anymore is philosophy. So I, I live and breathe this stuff. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, there's um, nothing. There's nothing else that I found that is worth paying attention to, really. Speaking of like kind of shallow but interesting philosophers, have you ever uh, have you ever read any Colin Wilson? Oh yes, oh yeah. I just I find him so entertaining. I I love his books, like all the stuff on like the occult, and I actually even read his like Encyclopedia of Crime Detection, and I was just like spellbound. He's such I an interesting thinker. <laughs> you, ever, you ever hear him on YouTube? No, I I didn't even think to try that. <laughs> there's some there's some Colin Wilson but, talks on YouTube. I um, he, I have posted some. <laughs> my my aunt knew him personally, and she said he's just a total like weirdo space case like, and I'm just like yeah of course like that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I was into I was into Colin Wilson. I I I have a pretty good idea of what's out there, the landscape of all this. I've I've done independent research on everything. So yeah, yeah, cool. Cool. Um, so, do you um, do you like subscribe to any like spiritual perspective, um, or like what? How would you kind of typify that? Well, I've never converted into anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've gotten yeah. Either, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I really do still think that. Yeah. If, those are the areas you're leaning in. Yeah, Wilbur certainly did do yes. an incredible job of putting it all together for everybody. Yeah. And I still think there's there's no real significant challenge to anything Wilbur has written about. I, I think he's right on yeah. money with what he with what he wrote wrote in those books. I I still think that. I'll still say that. Cool. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate he appears to be like no longer well. And so there's probably there probably won't be a lot of you know, he's probably done you know more or less as far as his you know contribution. I would love to see like more really solid Wilbur books, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. So I'm kind of looking for like the next thing. Um, yeah, that's pretty much why I abandoned Integral to go with the uh, hardcore philosophy stuff. Yeah, which in, in a lot of ways really will disintegrate a lot of Wilbur's ideas, but, yeah. you know, I mean, but it's good, it's good for people who are just beginning. Yeah, but yeah. I, it's I really think orientation. The meat is, is really a lot of what, uh, well, these people I'm talking, Nietzsche, for one, definitely. Um, if you study, if you study the ancient Greeks and get really into that and really figure out what they're all about, um, there, there's, it's incredible. It just, it's mind expanding because 
most most times you bring up the ancient Greeks, what does everybody say? Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. Well, no. When, if you bring up the ancient Greeks, most everybody starts saying, well, how good could they really have been? They had slavery. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> okay, you know what? You don't know what you're talking about. You have no idea what the, what the ancient Greeks were all about. Yeah, do some do some research and figure out what they were all about and what their slavery. And if you want to go about their slavery system, I can tell you some things about that. But um, it's not what you think it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it was. It, this is you know a very very long time ago, and the world was a very different place. And I think that it's easy to kind of pigeonhole, um, you know, whatever practices are being referred to in that way. Well, it's but, just that it's just that we think that our way of living and our way of thinking is the only one possible, and that's the the the, the these people that I'm talking about, the great ones, Nietzsche, Hegel, uh, Kierkegaard, these the great ones that I'm talking about, they all say exactly the same thing: that our version of humanity, of reality, of of living, of existing, of being, our version of 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 conceptualizing what existence is and what humanity can be in our in society and civilization, our version of it is the smallest, meagerest, most impoverished, most anemic version of those concepts possible. Humanity can be so much more than what the American Western modern mindset has has given to us, and to get, bring it back to politics and economics, it's not by accident either. But um, uh, you, you can see there's 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 thousands of days we could we could spend on just these subjects, and I have actually, <laughs> but but. We have accepted the the most diminished version of existence. We've accepted a, a, a midget life yeah. compared to I mean, what humanity is 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 capable of, compared to our potential, compared to what the ancient Greeks knew was the meaning of life, the purpose of life. Inspired by getting your startup The only thing that we have as a value is money and profits and capitalism and, and making a success and, and everything else. Everything, art, music, poetry, everything has fallen fallen away in pursuit of the almighty dollar. That's our one that's our one overriding principle. Well it makes us sexually attractive. How can you blame us? So, but it's remarkable uh, how all the great philosophers are all saying exactly the same thing. It's yeah, absolutely. The nineteenth-century existentialists, in particular, they all saw it coming. They all saw the the condition that we live in today and here in the twenty-first century. They they saw it coming. They knew it was, uh, you know, what what rough beast slouches toward Bethlehem. So how could you, like, prescribe or predict a move to, like, societal move to, or even an individual move towards, like, the ideals that we're talking about, like, um, with the 19th century uh, existentialists and the ancient Greeks? Like, how, what can we actually do with those? I mean, obviously, 
you know, understand them, read them, know them. But how can we use those sorts of ideas given the conditions that we're in, or is that hopeless? On a social level or at an individual level? That's what I'm saying is, I mean, kind of either or, like, because it's either, like, me against the world or me trying to change the world, which is so hopeless. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's it's not gonna it's not gonna change. No, this system is locked in. It's not gonna nothing you and I can do is ever gonna change it. Well, I, I'm I'm very curious about just um, societies emerging either within this society or outside of it. But you know, basically, um, a big problem that I see with like just to take. America is like a microcosm, but I mean, I would say the same thing about Russia or China or whatever. Just like everybody is included. And so you just have this mountain of people that aren't contributing to the big game of society and they're just kind of riding along, but but there's no exclusion principle. You know, you don't get exiled for anything. Um, you can get imprisoned, but that'll just make you worse. Like, uh, what about like a membership-based society, like a merit meritocracy? Mm-hmm. Like you have to be legit to live here. You have to like follow the law. You know, be you know you have to pass like examinations. You have to take psychological evaluations. Um, if you struggle, you will be helped. You know. I think well, I mean, that is very much very similar to what the ancient Greeks actually did have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's so effective. And, I mean, just thinking about, you know, the things that are actually great about America and how, you know, America changed the way the world was run for a long time, like, that was a very similar thing where it was just, like, a bunch of really intelligent, well a bunch of people who had something going for them, getting together and just going, okay, how do you make a society? Like, they had to be responsive to the public, but they also had a great deal of leeway in choosing the philosophies and and, and creating, you know, a charter for a new society. And I think that's what's absent right now, is you can't really realistically do that because all the land is taken. So I think it has to emerge within society, you know, under the, the... the construct, you know, within the matrix, even, <laughs> like, because there's no escape. Another name you might be interested in, um, Kenneth Smith. Kenneth Smith. Exactly the same one. Uh, difficult to find. In fact, I only know of one resource, but it's online, and if you can find it, it's a common name, so you'll have to Google Kenneth Smith philosopher. Oh, yeah, and, right, of course, okay. Yeah. But you'll find that website, and there's some, he's one of my favorites, to be honest with you. He's, he's one of my favorite thinkers, writers, teachers. Great, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm I'm Adam Lowen, which isn't a very common name, but there's actually a famous baseball player, pitcher for the Mets and the Orioles, apparently. I don't know anything about sports, but yeah. If you Google me, you're going to get a lot of him. <laughs> Change my spelling or something. I don't know if we're related. I know I'm related to a, a basketballer. I didn't really care. 
not in the sports. Well, alrighty, I, I have so many um, names to to um, research and ideas, and I've gained a lot. Um, I feel like I'm super interested to check out Kenneth Smith in particular. He's one of your favorites. Is it going to be over my head? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's 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 no Harry Potter. Yeah. Okay, uh, I mostly understood those, so it might be all right. But hey, you 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 tackled Nietzsche, then you'll be okay, I think. Yeah, well, I don't know if I think I I may have like. We, yeah, we the thing playing. the thing about philosophy, though, yeah, you're right. It it re, you really actually do need some pretty good instruction. You really do need a a good uh, gu- tour guide. Oh yeah. Um, to to make your way through it. Uh, yeah, it, it is very difficult. It's difficult stuff. If you if you don't have somebody who's gonna be able to give you a, give you a, a you know a sherpa, <laughs> you know yeah. to give you a, a, a your you show your way through through it all, it's it's hard. But um, but I, I I don't think there's anything else that's worth paying attention to, honestly. Yeah. And, I mean, that's kind of why I've been so attracted to the more kind of pulpy writers, I guess. I feel like, um, you know, Ken Wilber, Ayn Rand, stuff like that, where it's it's a lot more colloquial. And, I mean, the thing is, I know that, you know, if you're reading Kierkegaard, like, you're they're actually defining the terms as you go. I just don't even recognize when that's happening. <laughs> um and then, the, then they'll keep using that term in exactly the way that they indicated, but I've forgotten the, the specific, you know, intention of the of the word in question. That's where I get hung up a lot. Like oh well, new, the worst, new, the worst is uh, the worst is he, as Heidegger. Oh God, is that? Uh, yeah, we had some Heidegger books at my house. I mean, I remember being like twelve years old and trying to read. <laughs> Oh my! That's pretty, pretty bad. Oh my! <laughs> pretty pretty words. <laughs> oh my! But it looks like Finnegan's Wake to me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's 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 great stuff in there as long as as long as you get yeah. I mean, the, the, some things you really do need good instruction instructors. You really need good in, in instruction and good uh, tour guides. But that that is available. That is out there. Yeah, I, I um one of my mentors is a, uh, a retired lit theory professor, and she's just obsessed with um, the ancient Greeks and actually medieval philosophy and religious philosophy. And yeah, I mean, when she kind of acts as Sherpa for me when I'm reading these, and she's kind of explaining it, I'm just like, wow, how could I? possibly have gotten all that you're saying from this text, you know? And, I, yeah, I think a lot of philosophy is like that. Hey, if if if, if you're interested, I was a philosophy major. And yeah. guess, what, guess what I did? I tape recorded every one of my classes. Wow. I have them all. And, and it's not, it's not nonsense. It's great stuff. It's great stuff. If you, if you have any interest, uh, I offer... I'll be happy to share those with you. Very cool. There's yeah, great well, stuff in there. 
really, really, I, the, the teacher that I had was in, in, incredible. He really, really, really makes you understand the material. I mean, you, you get it. He 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 was he was no, not fooling around. He would he would make sure you understood. That makes all the difference. That is so cool. I I really um, wish best, that I had best like philosophy that. teacher I've ever come across, and I was amazed that that, that here he was. He was at my university, and <laughs> I made sure to record every class I had with him, and well well worth listening to if you want to get this material. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really I, get it. <laughs> I don't think I do necessarily. I mean, I feel like I, I'm kind of just an armchair philosopher, uh, and I, I love the exploration and I love the ideas, but I, I don't really, um, I don't think that at this time I aspire to really get Heidegger or anything like that. No, you know? I get you. I get you. Yeah, I think the the main the main message that these guys are giving us is there are other ways of thinking being existing. And we don't have to accept the American modern uh, situation as the ultimate goal of humanity, which I think everybody does. Everybody thinks this has got to be the pinnacle, and nothing could be further from the truth. This is this is this is the smallest ver- stunted version of humanity, and and that's the core message they're all they're all talking about. Uh, again and again, they're all saying pretty much exactly the same thing. And as far as I can tell, they're they're right on the money. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's there's a lot of deconstruction. I I I feel like I personally in this society have been given a great deal of opportunity and exposure to the the magic and wonder of life and thought um but i definitely see that most people are not so fortunate <laughs> in this in this situation um, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, it's not um yeah on the, on a level on a, on a zoomed out level it's a, it's a real real mess I, i'm just one of the lucky ones so i really dig you know the world just kind of around me and I try to I try to dig it more and more because I mean at a certain point uh I just I I feel like I can become very very cynical very easily and sometimes for me the cynical answer is kind of the easy answer because that's right where my head goes that's right where my sense of humor is and I don't know there's a lot of cool things going on and there's a lot of um inspiration Maybe it's kind of a corrupt form of inspiration, but we we have a window at least. We have the we have access to all of human knowledge to a certain extent. It's just it's not really present like on the streets. It's just not really what people are cultivated to choose for themselves, and that that is what is really unfortunate. Um, like, I didn't even know what meditation was until I was, like, 20. I just thought there were a bunch of weirdos that were, like, abusing themselves for no reason. <laughs> and I think that that's true of a lot of people. Maybe less and less, though, because there is sort of a trend in, in yoga and stuff like that, which is sort of distilling and also ruining a lot of 
transcendental ideas. Um, what about what's your view on psychedelics? <laughs> uh, pretty much identical to Wilbur's. Okay. Yeah, me too. I, I would I would say they were enormously beneficial to me when I was way too young to be doing them. But yeah, these days. I don't know. Every now and then, microdosing can kind of make me better at music for a short span of time. But yeah, um, boy, actually doing those drugs, like I definitely feel like I'm being unintelligent. <laughs> you know, that that was like my big like reveal. Like the last time I did acid, it, I was just like, oh, this isn't it. This is not it. This is like how to be crazy. It's like I've already seen a little bit of transcendence in through meditation and early psychedelic use and it's like this can kind of give you a taste and kind of fool you into thinking that you're there and then you come down and you, you know you're still just eating potato chips and watching Rick and Morty mm-hmm. which is a fabulous way to spend your time but not not in any way transcendental <laughs> exactly right Oh, cool. Well, well, look at the, I say you just look at the results. Look at the look at the people who have chosen that particular path, and not not very impressive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not very impressed with the uh, the shroomers that I have deep deep conversations with. <laughs> but then there's like then there's a lot of artists. I mean, like. David Lynch, Alex Gray, you know, people like that that are using it as a legitimate, like, shaman tool. And even um, I've had friends who have said really good things about using really strong psychedelics in a therapeutic setting. Um, I don't know. I feel like if you're stuck in a rut, it can help to snap you out of it. It probably won't, but it potentially can. Um, But I'm not in a rut, so I don't really feel like I don't know. I think that maybe psychedelics can make a person a lot more open-minded, and that might be, you know, the full extent of what they can possibly do for you. (laughs) But I do really appreciate some of the visions that I've had, you know, um, while on something. I I, I did like a Hunter Thompson thing where I, I took a bunch of psychedelics and I tried to write down and film, like, all my experiences Obviously, it didn't necessarily work out how we planned because, you know, I wasn't necessarily in full control of my actions and aware, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty pretty 50-50 on it. I think that the the bulk of drug use is complete and total bullshit. Um, but I still accept the possibility that there may be some value Um Right right now, the big one is just pot. You know, it's legal and everyone's doing it. And people are so in denial about the negative. You know, people literally call it medicine. And it's like, I guess, I mean, a, a gyro can be medicine, you know. Uh, a kiss can be medicine, you know. Uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, placebo is one of the most effective medicines there is, um, which is why all drugs have to be tested against a placebo and you know just putting a person into a state of mind or belief can be therapeutically beneficial um 
I'm not even sure if, like, melatonin works. I just take one of them and I go right to sleep, but that might just be me thinking I've medicated myself. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the boy, pot is, is really bad in large doses. I've, I've done a lot of pot. It's like, boy, um, really makes me lazy and mean to people. And maybe that's just my own brain chemistry, but that was a really foolish decision. I, I kind of wasted, like, two years of my life just kind of smoking. <laughs> yeah again just look at the results of people who have chosen that path exactly the results are not impressive not not too impressive <laughs> alrighty well should we wrap it up <laughs> I, I, I very much appreciate you taking this time and I've I've gotten so many things to look into. Um, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to uh, pursue any of those, I'd be happy to hear your reactions to anything you read or come. Great. Across. Yeah, I'll try not to overdo it. I, I, I'll, I'll definitely um, read stuff and kind of give you, give you a, a long or a, a quick and dirty about what I'm thinking and hopefully you'll bounce something back that'll stimulate me. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, I love talking about this stuff. Really. Great. All, me all too. <laughs> I'm definitely in the market for more, you know, conversations with really brainy people who either see, you know, see a lot of things the same way I do and also see a lot of things differently than I do. Very valuable. Yeah. Oh, it's very hard. It's very hard to find that kind, you know, people from the home planet, people who yes. are like-minded <laughs> along these lines. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult, especially in America. Just people have no interest in any of this stuff. So yeah, if you do find people who are into this stuff. Yeah, hold on to that. Hold on to those connections. Yeah, for sure, for real, definitely. All right. So you got you got this tape? We're gonna. Oh my uh, class recordings! I'll be more than happy to share those with you. There's some. There's, sure, yeah, there's I mean, great give me stuff give me a couple. Yeah, yeah, I'll pick it up. Take me, <laughs> it'll take me a while to get around to it, of course, but um, I get you. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm definitely interested. Yeah, I'll get you. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, there's great. There's great stuff in there. There really is. I mean, if you're if you want to really learn philosophy, and I, I again, yeah, yeah. Go again. Check out uh, Smith, Kenneth Smith, one of my yes. favorites all time of all time, actually. Yes, absolutely. Right. On the on the website that I'm thinking of, well, the one I put up, the, on the website there's lots of uh, uh, scans of the articles he wrote and uh, the email list that he had for a long time. There's, there's great there's great stuff in there. I mean, just oh, that sounds it. perfect. Is this is this your website you're talking about? Or I put up. I there's a there, the the only one fan website he has is the one I put up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, you, I'll give you. Want, I'll give you the. Uh, do you have Facebook open right now? Huh? I'll give you the link. Kenneth. Uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna have to write Kenneth Smith Philosophy. Okay. We got Kenneth Smith dot 
That's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the first one. Hey, all right. It's got a mean mug. I'll tell you that much. That's the one. <laughs> cool. Oh, it's just a quick and dirty, and then it's got all these articles. Yeah, yeah, this is perfect. This is exactly what I want. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> really, he's just expanded my mind uh, immeasurably. I've been reading him since I was a teenager. And I'm 46. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is this is just what I'm after. This is great. Well, we'll great, see. Great, great, great stuff. Just <laughs> mind expanding. Just the concepts that you never thought were in the world, and then you realize, wow, there's 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 another way of thinking about the world. There really is. I love it. Are you Kenneth Smith? I'm not. Who are you? I'm Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right on. <laughs> Oh, fantasy artwork. All right. There's a band in the basement. I don't even know who it is. Oh, boy. They're pretty good, though. Whoa! Yeah, I love I love that stuff. I, I'm very into the uh, very colorful uh, sci-fi and fantasy artwork. I love... Um, What's his name? Matthew. Ah, I forget. Oh, well. No big deal. Yeah. Wow, so this guy's one of This guy's a a Renaissance man. (laughs) (laughs) The Matthew Stewart fantasy artist. Matthew Stewart? Matthew Stowicki. Uh oh. These are the same. They're rather similar. Very similar style. Yeah. All right. Boy, I sure wish I could make visual art stuff. Hmm. Cool. But no, I I specifically not pursuing visual arts. There'll be. That's everything, you know, that's too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Alrighty. Um cool. I think I better I think I better hit the road and figure out who's jamming out in my basement. Oh uh, yeah. Any uh any closing thoughts? <laughs> Um, well, you know what, I guess just in, in terms of what you started with your goals and stuff, you just got to figure out what it is you're looking, you're looking to accomplish and have the motivation enough to devote yourself to accomplish that. Yes. That's what's going to, that's what's going to get you moving. If you you can have the goal, but you don't have motivation to do anything about it, then you're not going to make it. But again, the Steve Barnes uh, posts talk a lot about this. Yeah, um, I've I've realized that my goals are not specific or time bound, and that's a yeah. big thing that all the books say. So I've, I'm actually working actively right now on like my plans, um, very much in line with what you're saying. I just need specific and attainable short, medium, and long term goals instead of just like. Do the rock opera, make it big, you know. 
<laughs> that stuff was fun, but I, I'm a little. I think I'm outgrowing that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are those are some of the best people I've ever come across. Uh, Steve Barnes, Kenneth Smith. I I do I do put Wilbur in that that high echelon as well, but um, it's an it's in a different area, of course. Yeah, well, and I mean, I definitely recommend Wilbur to someone who's not all that familiar with, you know, classic philosophy. I think that you coming from a place where you're you're very versed in it. I mean, Wilbur might seem pretty lightweight. I would imagine. Um, but just the, the, the overhead view of everything is, is like peerless in my opinion, just like condensing ideas to their most essential form and giving us an overview, just a very crude overview of basically everything there is to know. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was, a, that really like shook my world when I was younger because I started realizing there were entire categories of knowledge that I wasn't even aware of. <laughs> yeah, that can always be eye-opening. Well, the, the philosophy does the same thing for you. Certainly, philosophy does the same thing for you. Um, taking the post, taking the postmodernism class, you know. I mean, uh, it's very hard to surprise to surprise me like that. To say, yeah. oh, there's something that I literally didn't know existed in the world and know nothing about. Even if there's stuff I don't know anything about, but at least I understand it exists in the world. You know it. But when it, when it happens that I didn't even know this existed, I didn't even know what, yeah, I mean, that takes me by surprise. That's very rare for me. And it does yeah. happen in philosophy. It does happen. Like the, the flat earth theory? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I could offer something that you did not have any idea existed, but yeah, I, I feel like yeah, well, if, if you I've been reading my entire life, you know. I mean, I spent I spent my childhood in the library. Yeah. Very little. Not a lot. Not a lot of dating, but. Got a lot read. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the ideal is to find the date that you can read with, but that's not very realistic. <laughs> mm. I have not found that at this point. Mm. Yeah, what's your... St are, you, uh, are you married? Are you single? Uh, I'm single. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I, I just became uh, single very recently, and... Uh, it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm, you know, excited to get out there again. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck. Yeah, I'll, I'll need it, <laughs> <laughs> especially in this town. <laughs> right on, man. Um, I'm gonna let you go. All right. Very cool. I'm gonna follow up. And I'll, I'll let you know what I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Stay in touch. Um, yeah, so one it was so wonderful to talk with you. Yeah, Adam. Yeah, it was good to finally connect. <laughs> yes, I know. It took what was that like half a year of me like phone tagging you? Yeah, right. something like that. I think you first contacted me what November 2016. Yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> Two years, huh? <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. One and a half. Well, One I have energy now. <laughs> I'm going to try and use it as much as I can. <laughs> well, yeah. Be happy to happy to stay in touch with you. And, uh, Great. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> All right. I'll catch you later. Okay. Good. Bye. Adam. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.